Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. Today is Wednesday, August 3rd, 2022. This episode covers all of today's Major League Baseball games. In case you're new here, I've built a mathematical model for win probability and totals using hitter and pitcher projections I've created along with weather data. In order to make one side pick and one total pick on every game played seven days a week, though there are no Sunday shows. That doesn't mean that I recommend you the same as my goal in this episode is to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain by the model or I like or don't like a certain play in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. As we go through my plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling, so we'll give you our loves, likes, and links to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. As always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say it will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. You know, I say at the top of the show every day, right, there's no locks in gambling. I think we saw that last night with the Mets. Um, I saw it with the Brewers as well. I, I joked with Cousin Jared last night. I said, if the Nationals actually win this game, I'm going to have to bring this up like every single show for the rest of the season. And it, 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 it's not so much, again, and I said yesterday, it's not that I thought the Nats were going to win that game. It was just about the fact that we have to think about these things probabilistically. If you don't, you're you're going to be duped by the books with regards to how they're pricing games. If you just say, I think this team wins, that's not really a long-term recipe for success. That's why I've created the model, and you can disagree with the model, and that's totally fine. And if you come up with kind of a, you know, your perception of off by a percentage point or two here and there, and, and that's how you want to treat things. I think that makes a lot of sense if you look at other people's models as well. But that's the type of mindset that I want to encourage because we always need to compare what, what the probability we think the team wins is versus the probability that, the, that you need to have in order to be profitable at that wager. And the Mets were just not going to be a profitable wager last night. In the long run, they only played the game once. It turned out to be a loser there. And again, as I'm always saying, just as a reminder, right, you know, just because it, if it doesn't make sense by itself, it doesn't make sense in a parlay. Um, I've preached that point a lot. Um, I picked up on that. Uh, we'll be on some big favorites at times. We'll lay some odds and that's fine. And, and there's times where we're going to stay away from them. And obviously, again, you don't have to agree with me on every single one of them. Um, but as long as you're in that right mentality, I think that'll help you out a lot. And of course, uh, like I said, I thought the Mets were not a great place. I thought the Brewers weren't a great play last night. The fact that both of them somehow losses, still surprising, <laughs> but it's good if hopefully you avoided those landmines. Before we get to trying to avoid today's landmines, some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free and the only way, so you can turn notifications on to ensure you don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. Share with a friend if you know others in the game. Hit me up on Twitter or drop a comment from YouTube. Love those and try to respond to as many as I can. We've also partnered with Horse Racing Today. If you'd like to play the ponies, you can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net. They've got a team of five with over 125 years of combined experience in handicapping horse races. There's an angle they don't know or bias they can't identify. And today, their favorite play is over at the Finger Lakes Race 5. So check out their YouTube shows or their website. The links are in the description. Lots of day games today, as is custom on Wednesday. We'll start it off here. At 12:10 Eastern with the Blue Jays at the Rays. One of two total plays I really want to highlight today. I love this over eight. It's an A-grade pick for me. Kikuchi versus Jalen Beeks. Beeks will be the opener today. 
Uh, it appears like they'll go with Ryan Yarbrough as a bulk guy behind him. Tampa does fairly well with these uh, bullpen-type games, and last time they did this with Yarbrough, it, it worked like a charm like it did in years past. Yarbrough's really struggled this year and doesn't rate very well. But, you know, he's had some of that magic in the past, and it looks great. Here's the catch, though. The Blue Jays are an extremely right-handed heavy team, and tee off on lefties. Beeks is a lefty. Yarbrough, a lefty as well. Now, Yarbrough throws a little bit weird as a lefty. Um, I, I just don't see that throwing off this Blue Jays team. They're a bunch of good right-handed hitters for the most part. I think they're going to be able to score some runs, and Kikuchi's a guy I definitely do not trust. 486 ERA on the season. Advanced metrics say it should be a tiny bit worse than that. I think there's going to be some runs in this game. You have a pretty strong pitcher's park, of course, in Tampa. But it's also a park that is pretty conducive for doubles, and I think there's going to be a lot of doubles in this game and a lot of big innings. Um, I see I see a handful of crooked numbers being put up. Model says 8.4. I love this over 8. I think there's a chance we push and a good chance we win this one. Like I said, I just see a lot of runs. I don't really know who scores them necessarily, um, with both, both teams definitely having the opportunity to. I see there's a lot of runs. In this one, so I love over eight here to start us off. And I'll take the Rays basically even money for a B grade pick. It's minus 101 right now. The model says Rays minus 101. Model says it's a coin toss game. But again, I give the Rays a little bit of an edge here in these bullpen games. Uh, more than most teams, they tend to do them a little bit better. Yarbrough again did look better last time. So maybe he has the ability to hold a really good Blue Jays offense down a little bit. Still will give up some runs probably, but maybe not give up. You know, five runs, maybe only give up three runs. Feels like a game that's, you know, four to four late. And again, I give the Rays a little bit of an edge as I think their relievers are a little bit better. And I think whatever they're throwing is going to be better than Kikuchi. I just don't trust at all. So I think the Rays are solid around even money. Now, if you have to lay a price like minus 105, it's a little bit less exciting. A price like minus 110 on Tampa, really not exciting whatsoever because you're just paying a premium that I don't think is worth it. But around even money, I think is a decent investment on the Rays. I think they got a, got a shot here. Again, I like to fade Kikuchi, but the main play on this one starting us off, I think the over eight is a great play. 12-20 Eastern first pitch Phillies at the Braves. It'll be a warm one in Atlanta today, mid-80s to start. And by the end of the game, as it gets later in the day, it'll be in the low 90s. No real wind effect as it'll be across today. Zach Wheeler versus Charlie Morton, two pitchers that we've liked to back for the most part. Of course, Wheeler with that 277 ERA advanced metrics say that's about where it should be, and he rates very well. Charlie Morton with a 434 ERA advanced metrics say it should be about a half run better than that. So Morton's still a good pitcher, uh, if not uh, maybe as good as he was in the last couple of years. Still solid. I'll take the Phillies here at plus 123 with an A-grade play. I, I think this price is way off. I think it's a coin toss type game. Of course, the Braves, um, better relievers than the Phillies. But right now, given the way they're constructed, the model thinks these two offenses are about the same. Last night, that obviously didn't work out. We knew the issue with the Phillies last night was going to be the big pitching discrepancy. I thought the odds got a little out of hand, and I thought the Phillies had value at that big number, just like I talked about You know, the Pirates having value at that big number last night, the Nats having value at that big number last night didn't work out for us. A lot of those big underdogs aren't, but we don't need to win all of them. We don't even need to win half of them at those big odds. It definitely didn't work out though. Strider had a great start um, and the Phillies, you know, struggled with that bullpen-ish type game that they were going to have to go to yesterday. A different story today with Zach Wheeler though. 
Phillies just have such a big edge with Wheeler going. Phillies bullpen's been pretty solid uh, the last you know two months or so, maybe one outing aside. And again, if the offenses are even close to a wash, I think that Wheeler overcomes this home field edge. It's a toss-up type game. Plus 123 offers way too much value, especially with a guy like Wheeler on the mound. Morton's been fairly inconsistent this season. He absolutely can go out there and throw really well, but we've seen him struggle at innings at times. I believe we had uh, you know, him facing the Phillies recently. Um, I believe it was last week in Philadelphia, and Morton looked really good for the first several innings and then uh, gave up you know, a three or four spot in about maybe about the fifth inning or so in the Phillies. Never looked back. It seems like a similar type story here today. I think the Phillies got a great chance to win this. Again, toss-up type game at plus 123 odds. Offers a lot of value. A great pick for me on the Phillies. And with regards to the total, the model says eight, but it's really hard to get excited about going over eight given these two pitchers. However, I'm sticking with the over just a lean because it's so warm there in Atlanta. The ball is going to fly. But again, a total that I don't really have a lot of confidence in given these two starting pitchers and given the fact that both bullpens are pretty good. It's not a market that I think is worthy of an investment, really. 105 Eastern first pitch Mariners at the Yankees got an A grade plus odds winner last night with the Mariners in what was a wild game. Uh, today, I like the Mariners again, another A grade play at plus 166. I don't know what else there's to say about the Mariners. The Mariners are good. People don't realize it. I, I've been saying the same story over and over and over again. Um, it's just disrespect, the fact that they're not getting treated better than this. Luis Castillo getting the start today, a very good pitcher. And given Cole's struggles lately, it's hard to say that Castillo is necessarily worse than Cole. And if it is, that it's not by more than rounding error. Obviously, the Yankees have an edge offensively. Um, and their bullpen now with some extra reinforcements looks to be just as strong as it was earlier in the season. Um, the game's in New York, but that doesn't mean that a price like minus 180 in the Yankees makes any sort of sense. And so to me, it's Mariners or pass. I think there's tremendous value on the Mariners at plus 166. Model says it should be 155. I think the Mariners have an absolutely great chance at this one. Again, less than 50%, but good enough. Um, reasonable enough. It's not like it's a, a you know a Hail Mary type thing. I think the Mariners could absolutely win this game. Again, I like Castillo, and again, maybe a tad worse than Cole, but not by much. And it'll be a warm day. The ball will be flying out. It'll be kind of like last night's game where pitchers, you know, have some innings where they cruise along, and then all of a sudden the ball just starts flying, and you see, you know, doubles off the wall that carry that should be routine fly outs, and then balls carrying out for home runs. And that sort of game Plus 166 is just way too much, way too good to pass up here. A great pick for me on the Mariners. I think they got a chance to pull it off again. Again, temperatures upper 80s to start, low 90s to finish. Um, however, no real wind effect, but it shouldn't matter. Again, in that park, the ball is going to fly today. Total, I think, is priced fairly well. I'll take a chance on the over with regards to heat. But again, similar to Atlanta, not a market that I think is really worth an investment. 110 Eastern first pitch, Tigers at the Twins. Another warm game here. It'll be mid-80s to start Minnesota, climbing to the upper 80s by finish. The other over that I want to highlight today, it's an A-grade over 8.5 for me. The model says this total should be 10.1. You've got warm temperatures, and you've got a wind blowing out consistently in that part between 15 and 20 miles an hour. The ball is going to fly there this afternoon. And you got two pitchers that can give up some home runs. Tyler Alexander for the Tigers, obviously not great. Not a guy who projects to go extremely deep. Turn it over to a Tigers bullpen that still is solid. Didn't lose as many of their key arms as we thought they might at the trade deadline. 
But the Twins' offense can absolutely mash and put up a ton of runs. And Joe Ryan, a solid pitcher, but as we've been talking about all season, not as good as that 378 ERA. As the underlying metrics say, it should be more in the mid-fours. A guy who projects basically around average and a guy who is kind of flyball happy. And flyball happy in a hot day with the wind blowing out does not bode well. I think there's a lot of runs in this one. Overall, though, I think the Twins are still the stronger option. Even though it's minus 205, the model says it should be minus 236. That even though I think there's going to be a lot of runs in this one, it, you, you have to imagine the Twins score more than the Tigers do here. Their offense is light years better than Detroit's. And again, even though I'm concerned about Ryan giving up a bunch of home runs, I don't think this Tigers offense is good enough to put up seven runs. I just think that they'll they'll end up getting four or so runs. I think the Twins can easily get something like six. Again, model says total of 10. And something like six to four, I think, makes a lot of sense for this one. So 205 on the Twins, not that steep in my opinion. So it's a B-grade play on Minnesota and an A-grade play on this over. 110 Eastern start time. Diamondbacks at the Guardians, another hot one. 90 degrees to start in Cleveland, and it's going to climb into the low, maybe mid-90s by the end of this one. And wind's blowing out at 10 to 15 miles an hour. So great hitting weather here in Cleveland Tommy Henry for the Diamondbacks versus Shane Bieber. I have to tell you, I've never even heard of Tommy Henry. I don't know who he is. The model says he's average, and I'm a little skeptical because I feel like I have a decent enough handle on prospects to know if a guy's going to come up and, and have a pulse. Maybe he looks good today. I'm just not really sure. Maybe he's a prospect that I just completely missed somehow. That happens every once in a while. But just to be completely honest, a guy that I'm a little surprised that the model thinks can be average. Shane Bieber for the Guardians, obviously much better than average. So huge starting pitcher edge, no matter how good Henry is, uh, in favor of the Guardians, because we don't think that Henry will be better than Bieber by any stretch of the imagination. Model says Guardians minus 204. And I'll take the Guardians minus 210. And I'll actually give it a B grade, because I'm just not sure if the model understands about Henry. Um, young pitchers coming up don't, on average, don't tend to be better um, and then the projections, they tend to end up being a little bit worse early on. So I just think that 210 is probably a reasonable price for the Guardians with Bieber. It's hard to see them losing this game. And I'll take over 8.5 with the B grade. The model says 8.9. Again, it's really warm weather. And if there is anything about, again, Tommy Henry not being average at all, the Guardians should score some runs in that weather with the wind blowing out. There's been more runs in this series than we thought there would be for the first two games. Kind of see that continuing today. The weather really sets up for an over. So I like the Guardians and I like the over in that one. 205 Eastern first pitch. Orioles at the Rangers. Got another A-grade winner on the Orioles yesterday. And I, I tweeted about this. I think I've talked about this. You know, if the, if the, if the books keep thinking um, that the Orioles aren't valued, valued, then we're going to be on the Orioles a lot, at least for the rest of this month until that catches up. Today, I, there doesn't seem to be actually any value on the Orioles. So I was a little surprised about that. Maybe after um, these last two wins here, uh, the number caught up a little bit. Um, if so, it caught up a whole lot quicker than it's gone on the Mariners, which we've been waiting for for a month now and still hasn't happened. Um, but the model says this one should be Rangers minus 140. So right now it says that the price is pretty spot on as you can lay 146 with the Rangers take 135 with the Orioles. It's not really a great investment opportunity at this point. Martin Perez for the Rangers has been fantastic this season. Probably not as good as that 252 ERA, but not too much worse than that. And a guy who, again, has been pretty profitable for betters to back 
all season long. So it's a guy you really have a hard time going against. Kyle Bradish for the Orioles, a 701 ERA, not that bad, though. Advanced metrics say it should be in the mid four. So not a good pitcher, but maybe not quite as terrible as the ERA might indicate. I think this one's priced fairly well. I'll take a lean on the Orioles, but right now I just don't think there's a lot of value in the number. But we'll see if that number moves throughout the day. And if it does, maybe there'll be a better investment opportunity later. I do like this under eight, though. It is juiced at minus 121, but it's a B grade under for me. The model says 7.8. I think this game just stands a better chance of going under than over. And the Orioles have been more of an under team. The Rangers, a team I talk about not really knowing how to play with regards to totals, but with Martin Perez on the hill, it makes it a little bit more, a little easier to trust that under given how good he's looked. And the Orioles have been offensively, again, not really a strong team for most of the season other than one hot stretch that they had there. Their strength has been their bullpen. And so I think under makes a lot of sense there in Arlington this afternoon. 210 Eastern first pitch Royals at the White Sox. Another hot one there in Chicago. It'll be low 90s to start by the end, mid 80s. A chance of rain, especially as the day moves along on this one. So something to keep an eye on. And winds blowing out or across around 20 miles an hour. So a strong wind there. And that can make a really big difference. Right now it looks like it's a little bit helping the hitters blowing out. Maybe more across, so not quite as much of a help because it's not a true going to carry the ball. You know, not a 20 mile an hour wind going to help it because part of that wind is going to help push it a little bit left to right, but it is going to help push it out. Is the projection right now? But something to keep an eye on because if that shifts just a little bit and all of a sudden that's truly out or truly across, that could really affect things. One of those days that we've seen sometimes in Chicago where a high pop fly moves, you know, 30 feet and infielders have a hard time catching it. Um, so some big wins there in Chicago and again, some rain. And if that, if the game gets delayed and if the finish is later in the evening, the temperatures are going to really cool down. I love this over. If the rain stays away, it's only a B grade right now because I'm not convinced that it will. And if we have a delay and we play in cooler temperatures, things start getting a little bit dicier and a little bit less, um, less exciting for me. So over eight and a half is a B grade play. Model says nine because the model's thinking, there's more of a decent chance that we can get this game in some warmer temps, but it's just too much variability for me to love there. Lance Lynn versus Brady Singer. Singer, a, a pretty good pitcher. Again, a guy we've talked about, um, you know, an ace for the Royals, maybe not an ace for other teams, but still good. Gets an 88 rating in my database. 351 ERA in the advanced metrics. Say a little bit better than that, actually, is how he's performed this season. Versus Lance Lynn, who 642 ERA and is still kind of struggled for the most part, maybe trying to figure it out, uh, but I'm just not convinced that he's there yet. Even the the underlying metrics for the season still say his ERA should be in the low four, so not nearly uh, what we expect, what we hope from him at full strength. I'm just not convinced he's quite there yet. In a hitter-friendly day, I think there's going to be some runs in this one. I think the Royals stand a pretty good chance behind Singer. So I'll take the Royals at plus 132 with a B grade play. The model says the White Sox should be a minus 131 favorite, but I think the model is a little bit higher on Lynn than I am personally. So I think um, the Royals have a little bit more value than the model thinks. So we've got a B grade play on the Royals and a B grade play on this over here in Chicago. 2-10 Eastern first pitch, Red Sox at the Astros. Red Sox surprisingly taking the first two games here in Houston amid a lot of trade rumors, a couple of trades happening, a couple of guys in and out. On the whole, the Red Sox seem to kind of stay in pat despite the fact that they moved some guys in and out. Um, 
they don't really appear any worse going forward. Um, they don't really appear a whole lot better either. Um, a team we've talked about just really hit by the injury bug um, and that, you know, what, what can you do? They've got Devers back now, which helps them out a lot. Um, still struggling with regards to the starting pitching, um, you know, but they're at least in the thick of the wild card race. So if you're a Red Sox fan, you know, you used to have something to watch the rest of the season. Um, but they do, do kind of seem caught in the middle there, a team that you didn't really want to sell on, but a team that buying didn't necessarily make a lot of sense either. Today they'll throw Brian Bello versus Jose Urquidy. Bello, 882 ERA. Uh, underlying metrics, though, say it should be in the low fours, though. So I'm not believing anything in the ERA. I think he's actually been okay. Not great, but okay. And the model projects him as average. I think that's pretty accurate here. He's he, probably going to be okay. I don't think he's... You know, he's got potential, of course, as a prospect to come through and be a good pitcher later on. I don't think he's good yet. I just think he's decent at this point. And again, I think that ERA extremely misleading. Of course, only in 16 innings. Arkady, on the other hand, has his ERA down to 386. Advanced metrics aren't quite as friendly, but he's looked really good the last month or so. And a guy that's been a lot of fun to back. Uh, however, the model says this should only be Astros minus 155. Um, a price like minus 191 on the Astros is not a price I can get behind. I'll take the Red Sox at plus 175 with a B-grade pick. Lots of value here on the Red Sox. And again, it has nothing to do with whether I think the Astros getting swept or not makes a lot of sense. It's a similar story we saw with the Astros last week in Oakland, uh, that third game. It's not about whether I think they'll get swept or not because that really doesn't matter. The fact that the Red Sox won the first two games is, for the most part, largely irrelevant other than potentially talking about pitchers that got used. One downside for the Red Sox is Tanner Houck went multiple innings last night, so that might affect his availability today. Um, but of course, something like that you're talking about as probably a small uh, chance of mattering and a, you know relievers are so volatile anyway. You know That might hurt the Red Sox chances a little bit, but otherwise the fact that the Red Sox won the first two games is pretty irrelevant. Um, that's not really playing in these guys' minds. The Astros are going out every day trying to win. The Red Sox are going out there every day and trying to win. Um, when we talk about tanking and distractions and things like that, a lot of times that affects more us as fans, maybe the front office stuff. But the players go out there most of the time giving it their all. So I, I don't really think there's any – the Red Sox you know, aren't going to be able to sweep the Astros or something. We saw the A's do it last week. Um, that doesn't mean the Red Sox win. Uh, in fact, I think the Astros are more likely to win than the Red Sox. I have them at about 61%. I just think if the Red Sox win this 39% of the time, that plus 175 offers a lot of value. To me, it's Red Sox or pass. I'm always talking about that there's value on the Astros, and that, I think that translates to I don't think there's value on the run line. I don't think there's value in the first five. I don't think there's value um, if you throw the Astros at a parlay. I just think you got to find a way to either like the Red Sox or I think stay away from the side on this one as I just think the market's out of hand. The Astros are probably more likely to win, but at those prices, it's just not a good long-term investment. Total-wise, I think it's priced really well. I'll take a flyer on the under, but I think 8.5 is a great number to hang on this one and not one that I really think is an investable opportunity. One late afternoon game here at 4.05 Eastern, Mets and the Nationals. Another hot one, low 90s in Washington to start, around 90 degrees to finish. Wind blowing out at about five miles an hour consistently throughout the night, so a slight boost on the wind, probably not too much. Biggest effect here going to be the hot temperatures. Chris Bassett versus Annabelle Sanchez. Bassett, a pretty good pitcher, 383 ERA on the season. Advanced metrics say he's actually been a tiny bit better than that versus Annabelle Sanchez. Not as bad as that 747 ERA in the 15 and two-thirds innings he's gone, but the advanced metrics so far for the season have not been friendly, and the projection also not friendly. 
huge starting pitching edge for the Mets, obviously a huge edge on offense and a huge edge in the bullpen. This one I'm actually comfortable laying the odds with the Mets as opposed to yesterday. The model says it should be minus 260. So minus 234 on the Mets is actually a B play. Go ahead and throw the Mets in your parlays today if you want to. If you want to take them on the run line, I think that's fine as well. I think the Mets are a good opportunity here to bounce back. Nats still not a good team. They weren't expected to win last night. They did. All about the price in a situation that we didn't know exactly what we would get from DeGrom. And turns out we didn't get, you know, again, ace DeGrom. Um, and, and baseball's random. And so all about the price, there was a lot of value. But here, I think there's some value on the Mets. I think they win this more times than the odds indicate. So minus 234 is a B grade play for me on the Mets. And another total that I think is priced really well, model says 9.1. I think the not, total of nine is priced pretty accurately. I'll take a chance on the over, but again, a market that I don't think is that investable as I think they've hung a pretty good number there in Washington. 640 Eastern first pitch Reds at the Marlins. Mike Miner versus Sandy Alcantara, a massive starting pitcher mismatch here. I don't think I'm breaking any news to you here. Our boy Sandy, um, you know, one of the one of the top contenders for the NL Cy Young and a fantastic season. ERA still hanging right below two. And again, we faded him a handful of times recently because, again, it's all about the price, and he's been overvalued. He can only do so much, and he can go deep, and that does help, but he can't score runs, and he's not perfect. He gave up several runs to the Mets. He gave up, I think, four runs to the Mets last time out as we faded him, and that was a profitable decision. And again, the underlying metrics say his ERA should be around three, which is still really, really, really good, but it's not two, right? And so, again... One of the best starting pitchers in my database, definitely a top five pitcher this season. Um, but again, we a guy we have to watch out on the price for, and a guy we've mostly been fading. However, today, I think there's some value on the Marlins, so we're going to flip and we're actually going to back him today, mainly because Mike Miner is not good. 631 ERA, underlying metrics of six. Every time he goes out, the model continues to say, oh yeah, he's not good, right? At the start of the season, it was like, well, it's only a bad outing or two. He's had decent numbers historically. Maybe it'll get better. But every time he goes out, he seems to struggle. That ERA is kind of who he is, how how well he's done. And the projection, again, gets worse on him every single time out. He's trending towards the bottom of the starting pitcher database about as big of a starting pitcher discrepancy as you could possibly have. And I don't think this price is large enough here. As long as this number starts with a one, I think it's a pretty solid investment on the Marlins. It's a B grade pick at 197. It's not a good enough investment to give it an A grade because this price is fairly steep. But model thinks around 200 makes a lot more sense. So again, as long as you get a number starting with a one, I think it's a good investment opportunity on the Marlins. Just not great because, again, it is a steep price, but the pitching discrepancy here is just through the roof. Offensively, neither one of these teams are exciting. Bullpens, neither one's really exciting either. The Marlins have a better bullpen than the Reds, but, of course, with Sandy on the hill, that might not matter as much. Biggest thing is this Marlins offense is terrible, but with Miner and the Reds relievers, they ought to be able to score something if they can't off these guys. Might as well just pack it in for the rest of the season. In another situation where I think the total is priced pretty well, model says 7.2. I'll take a flyer on the over at plus odds, but not a total that I really recommend getting involved with. 7.05 Eastern first pitch, Brewers at the Pirates. You'll be surprised to hear me say it, but another warm one. Around 90 degrees to start in Pittsburgh, and we're going to close around 80 degrees. 
Breeze blowing in at about five miles an hour the entire game. So really strong hitting weather early on despite a breeze blowing in. But by the end of the game, not quite as friendly as the temperature will be dropping. We'll still have a slight breeze knocking the ball down. Freddie Peralta makes his return from injury versus Tyler Beattie. Beattie's a guy who isn't really stretched out as a starter. So a guy who has started in the past might end up with, you know, three or four innings. If he starts rolling, they might let him go a little bit longer. But a guy who, based off how long he's gone this season, doesn't seem like a guy who's going to be able to get five innings in and turn it over to a pretty bad Pirates bullpen. And of course, the Pirates offense isn't good. So the Brewers, of course, have every edge possible in this game. Um, Peralta, 4.42 area in the season, he's not that bad. The underlying metrics for his almost 39 innings say his ERA should be around two and a half. So Peralta's a guy who I think is pretty good. The model likes him. I like him as well. Again, Brewers have every edge possible other than being on the road. It's just allowing a price that starts with a two on the Brewers on the road. I just don't think it makes a lot of sense. It's Pirates or Pass. I said the same thing yesterday. If you want to pass, I don't think that's a bad idea because the prices in the Brewers are just too out of hand, in my opinion. Model says this should be Brewers minus 170. I'll take a flyer on the Pirates with a lean, just a C-grade pick. I don't like it. I didn't like yesterday's. I just think in the long run, it's a decent investment opportunity. All about the value here. Never think the Pirates are going to win, but every once in a while, they accidentally do. Again, the price is just too high, in my opinion, to back the Brewers. But I do like this under at 8.5. It's a B-grade play. Model says 8.2. This Brewers offense, like we kind of talk about, is very hit or miss. They can hit some home runs and get things going and put up 10 runs in a heartbeat, but they also can disappear because they're so reliant on that home run. It's an offense that really trails behind a lot of the teams that they're trying to compete with in the National League. An offense that you know trails the Giants trails the Dodgers, definitely now trails the Padres, trails the Cardinals, trails the Braves. I mean, it's just a, a step behind a lot of these offenses that they are trying to control the Mets, right? All of these offenses are trying to compete with. The Brewers offense is much worse than all of them. And so it's not a team that I just have confidence in score a lot of runs. They're high variance, so it's hard to give anything really an A-grade play with them because you just never know exactly what they're going to do. But in this situation, I think it's more likely than not this game stays under because – you know, maybe the Brewers start going off, but if they don't and they don't hit the ball really well, this Pirates offense tends to not score that many runs. And again, as long as we can avoid some early runs as the weather cools down, it's going to be harder and harder to hit home runs, which is what the Brewers rely on. So kind of holding our breath for the first few innings here, hoping the Brewers don't hit a bunch of early home runs. If that's the case, I think the under makes a lot of sense here at eight and a half. I'd really like um, under nine, but as it is under eight and a half, I still think it's a solid investment. 745 start time Cubs at the Cardinals got an A-grade winner on the Cardinals last night. I'm going back to the well here with the Cardinals at minus 166. Model says it should be about minus 200, so just tons of value here on the Cardinals. Cubs remain largely unchanged with regards to their offense, still a below-average offense that could have gotten a lot worse, could have entered Nationals territory, but didn't. The issue is they've traded almost all of their good relievers, and now they're bullpen rates very poorly and I don't think that bodes extremely well now I do like Justin Steele here I think he's better than average but I don't think it's a situation where I trust him to go eight innings against this Cardinals offense that seems highly unlikely he probably gives up a few runs he probably makes it maybe six innings and then the Cardinals have three innings if needed I don't think they'll need them to tee off on some of these Cubs relievers that just aren't that good at this point I think the Cardinals win this game. I think this game is severely underpriced, just like yesterday's was. I love the Cardinals here at minus 166. 
Michael is a 286 ERA, probably not that good, but still an above average pitcher and one who I think is better than Steele. So the Cardinals here edge with relievers, edge on offense, edge starting pitcher and at home, all kind of lines up solid enough edges to be laying these prices and be very comfortable that we're not laying too big of odds here. So I love this Cardinals again, minus 166. With regards to the total, I'll take the under eight. The model says 7.2. I don't really trust the Cubs to score these days. And weather-wise, it is going to be mid-80s to start, but it'll cool down into the upper 70s to finish. Winds will be blowing in at 5 to 10 miles an hour. And there is a chance of rain, which if there's delay, pushes this game later into the night and cooler temperatures. So again, it's another situation kind of like in Pittsburgh where we're maybe holding our breath a little bit early, hoping there's not too many home runs. But as the temperature cools off, maybe if a rain delay pushes this game later into the night, we're talking about a situation where the ball is not going to carry that well. And I see it being a lower scoring game, kind of like last night. Um, I'm thinking, you know, a similar type score. Cardinals should win. Cardinals should win handily. I don't think they'll be able to put up eight runs by themselves. And I'm not sure how many of the Cubs can put up, but I don't think it's a very big number against a pitcher of Michaelis's caliber. So the late game is 935 Eastern first pitch. A's at the Angels. The mid-70s to start around 70 degrees to close and a slight breeze blowing out. It's kind of a normal night here in Anaheim for this time of year. James Caprillion versus Shohei Otani, of course, a massive starting pitcher mismatch. The other just a huge one that we talked about, having one um, earlier in the uh, Marlins game against Minor, and this is the same sort of situation. Otani might be the best pitcher in baseball right now other than a fully healthy Jacob deGrom. He's been insanely good, 281 ERA, but the advanced metrics say it should actually be in the low twos. So Tani just gets all the credit in the world with how well he's pitched. And Caprellian, a guy who I've talked about before, the model does not like. I'm not a huge fan of him. A 450 ERA, the advanced metrics say it should be about a full run higher. A guy who's benefited from pitching half his games in Oakland and still has a four and a half ERA that doesn't bode well. So a huge edge here pitching for the Angels. Unfortunately, that's about the only big edge they have. They probably have an edge offensively just because the A's offense is so terrible. But relievers now after trading Iglesias, their relief core rates worse than Oakland's. And so while the Angels have a huge edge with Otani, that's what you're betting on if you're backing the Angels. And I think a price like 227 is just way too high. If you like the Angels here, what I'd encourage you to do, rather than trying to back the Angels, trying to back the run line, trying to back a first five, a first seven, or something like that, I would just invest in Otani props because I just don't think that the investment opportunity makes a lot of sense if you're backing the Angels as a team. There's too many things that can go wrong there, and the only thing that you have going for you is Otani. So why not just isolate Otani and just think you think he's good? Otherwise, I don't think you can invest in the Angels here because everyone knows Otani is good. The sports books know it as well. The model knows Otani is good, and it's hard for the model to give him an any better rating than he has. And so backing the Angels... Like I said, the only way you can do that, in my opinion, is if you think there's something, this offense, that you think this offense is good, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but if you think that, that's not the case, right? Especially now without Trout. And if you think this price is okay to invest in on the Angels, it's because you think Otani's going to dominate. And he might. He might absolutely dominate. And like I said, if that's the case, I think you just back Otani. Otherwise, I think it's like we're constantly talking about some of these big favorites. You have to be careful. And again, I'll lay some prices with some big favorites when I think it makes sense. But this is another situation where I think the risk is higher than the payout to back the Angels because it's all about Otani. So like I said, if you like him, just back his innings over, his Ks over, something like that. 
Otherwise, though, I'll take a flyer on the athletics. Again, the model thinks here minus 190 is the right price. So plus 205 is a, is a decent investment on the A's. Only a lean, though. I don't think it's worth a huge investment because fading Otani never makes a lot of sense. But we'll put one unit down, and if we win, we get two. So it's a, it's a, it's a good ROI there if, if it turns out, but one I don't want to be over-invested in. And another total that I think is priced pretty well. The model says 7.9, so if you look at what the model says, you'd think I'd like this over a little bit more. But knowing that Otani can easily go out there and throw eight shutout innings against this ace team. And again, if you think that, like I said, I encourage you to look at his player prop market. Knowing that that's really on the table, I don't want to be that invested in this over. So it's an over I'm really staying away from at seven. I'll take a flyer on the over knowing that we could push there. If it's just a six and a half, I take the over just because six and a halfs are usually decent over plays. But even though the model says 7.9, it's not one that I really like there in that one. 940 Eastern first pitch Rockies at the Padres. No line on this one. And I have to assume it's because we're not exactly sure if Bell and Soto will be in the lineup tonight. I assume they will be. Um, I don't really see why they wouldn't. Right now, though, it's an interesting situation. Um, I pull rosters in uh, every morning from what the active rosters are. And so those players are not listed on the Padres offense. So I'm doing some manual work to try to project what the Padres offense is, also considering the fact that the Padres may not have either one of those guys. Again, just because that's the only reason I can assume why there's no line. Otherwise, I would assume they'd play. I don't know why they wouldn't. I don't know why they wouldn't be out there. And if so, why isn't there a line? Because both starting pitchers are confirmed. So I just assume that there's some issue with that. Um, once these guys officially get confirmed on the roster, if needed, I can update this number um, in the sheet and I'll make an official pick once we have lines, once everything's all the dust is settled. But again, we have confirmed pitchers in Chad Kuehl and Blake Snell. And I assume those guys will be out there. Again, I can't see why they wouldn't, but um, that's the only snag I can imagine getting a number out uh, for this game. Otherwise in San Diego, it'll be low seventies to start upper sixties to close. Kuehl's a guy who I don't think is quite as bad as that ERA, that 459 ERA. The advanced metrics don't like him. The model doesn't like him. I don't think he's that bad, but the model just does not think he's very good whatsoever. But a guy with a 460 ERA pitching half his games in course can't be too terrible, and he is at about the 100 inning mark. So it's not like it's complete small sample size here. Again, but a guy the model doesn't like whatsoever. Blake Snell's pitched fairly well lately, and his underlying metrics are better than his 443 ERA but not a guy that you have a ton of faith in. The model does think he's above average, but not as good as his Cy Young days. Again, right now I'm posting a number of Padres minus 236 and a total of eight, but that might change throughout the day just once we figure out exactly what's going on with this game. Um, Again, I'll post a pick on Twitter and in the sheet once all that gets settled. To close us off here, 945 Eastern first pitch, Dodgers at the Giants. Got another A-grade winner on the Dodgers last night. I'm going back to the well for the third night in a row. A-grade play on the Dodgers. Like I said, anytime the model thinks the Dodgers have an edge, it's worth investing in my opinion. Um, The model struggles sometimes with outliers and how good they are. Um, The Dodgers have been a really good team to back. And tonight I think that the price is short again. Again, I will say I don't think this Giants team is that good. Their bullpen, um, they, they, they got back in it last night, scrapped out some runs and got back in and their bullpen gave it up because again, that bullpen is terrible. Again, I think this price is too short. The model says Dodgers minus 173 at minus 157. It's an A grade play on the Dodgers. 
It's not so much that I like Urias. I don't think he's as good as that 271 ERA. I think it should be about a full run higher. But the model still writes him out as an 86. So the model knows all of these things and says he's still solid. He's still a good pitcher. I just don't think he's 271 competing for the Cy Young good. You know, I don't think he's excellent, but I think he's still good. Cobb as a 406 ERA, but the advanced metrics actually have him in the upper two. So the model says that Cobb um, under or the underlying metrics say that Cobb has actually been a better pitcher with regards to the rate stats. Of course, one of the bigger differences is that Cobb hasn't been a guy who's had the good luck for whatever reason and a guy who hasn't gone as deep in the game. So the model thinks Urias is a little bit better. I think these starting pitchers are mostly a wash, but when you talk about the starting pitchers being a wash, even though the game's in San Francisco, the massive edge that the Dodgers have on offense and the massive edge that the Dodgers have with regards to the relievers, they are absolutely the right side, in my opinion, at a number like minus 157, especially, again, when you consider what we talked about yesterday, the Giants do not hit left-handed hitters well, and now that they've traded Dustin Ruff away, they're going to be even worse against lefties. That doesn't bode well for him tonight against Urias. Urias is a guy who's probably going to give up some runs somewhere, maybe surprise some people, and that he's not as good as that ERA. But tonight doesn't set up to be that way, given that the Giants are such a left-handed, heavy-hitting team. It's a situation where Urias should have some success against again a, a, a Giants offense that against left-handed pitching I have as below league average. Again, Giants bullpen absolutely terrible. I don't know why the Giants are getting the respect they are. I don't think they're very good. This Dodgers team, of course, as we know, is. So a great play for me on the Dodgers. Another total that I think is priced fairly well. Model says 7.4. I'll take a flyer on the over 7.5, mainly because it's at minus 102. But it's a total that I don't think is worth the investment because I think it's priced extremely well. So that's all the games for today. I'll recap the A plays here. Starting off in the afternoon, I've got the over 8 in Toronto and Tampa. About the Phillies at plus 123 at the Braves. About the Mariners at plus 166 at the Yankees. About the over in Detroit and Minnesota, over 8.5. About the Cardinals at minus 166 home against the Cubs. And about the Dodgers at minus 157 at the Giants. And that's all I have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. And a reminder to check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, and results. You can find that link and more at the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. I'll see you tomorrow. And until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.